You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 107 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. We are back. Live from New York City again and from elsewhere in New York State as well. The epicenter of everyone's favorite virus. <laughs> With me again. Evron Akman, or the Akman himself. How are you doing, sir? Doing all right. How are you? Okay, getting a little stir crazy, as you can probably tell from my intro. Uh, yeah, you know, doing okay, basically. How's life? Uh, life in lockdown for you? Yeah, it's not as bad as I guess uh, in the city. Is why I am. There's actually front lawns and places to go. Yeah, not just. An apartment building or wherever you're, you live in the city. I'm guessing some sort of high rise. So, a lot less, a lot, lot less space you have there. So I'm not too skirt or crazy. Yeah, it's uh, you know, the perks of the city don't really translate in times like these. You know, these sort of times aren't that regular. But um, no, I mean to be honest, I have a balcony. Uh, I, I'm always the type to be trying to be working and doing stuff indoors for the most part. And I, I've adjusted all right, to be honest. Um, and, you know, for people who are more intrepid, people are kind of out doing daily walks and stuff like that. It's not an impossibility. I think the fact that I have a balcony is kind of a crutch for me to, like, not... And, and you know, I'm, I'm probably being safer in the long run anyway, I guess, staying indoors. But, yeah, people are, people are kind of creeping around out there now like uh cautiously you know geared up of course masks and and the like but um yeah you know i'm we're, we're, we're doing all right honestly we'll get through this everyone uh and hopefully uh we, we're also providing some entertainment for everyone out there that's also on lockdown all over the world um and 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 ideally even take a step further, Besiktas will be around to, to give us something to focus on as well. Uh, and supposedly that's already in the works, so let's let's just get right into it then. Episode 107 here. Um, Evron, so let's talk Besiktas. There's a lot on, on the uh, horizon here, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, murmuring now, I guess, now that the uh, season looks like around Europe is going to get replayed, or not replayed, re- restarted, so transfer window rumors are restarting and even though it's still only May and I guess or April I lied but almost May so this is kind of limbo well yeah since you're our, you're you're our intrepid reporter over here um tell us a little bit so I think this is a good starting point speaking of leagues opening up and all of that there's now precedent for opening not just Turkey 
has sort of decided they're going to probably try to reopen in June. But what's the sort of scope around European leagues generally? Yeah, I mean, it looks like, I guess, the uh, countries that handled it a little bit better or has, you know, weren't hit as hard are looking to start earlier. And uh, the countries that were hit a little bit harder for Corona are looking more like a June start. But the Bundesliga said they're ready, they're ready to go, like, in two weeks, early wow. May. So that's kind of like a an outlier. But including, like, in leagues in the United States that are talking about restarting, they're looking at more of, like, a June restart date. But, you know, the whole fan thing is still not in the cards. Yeah, that's probably going to be a much... Yeah, that's an important asterisk, I'd say, to all of this, is that we might be saying that leagues are going to reopen and there's going to be stuff to watch on TV. But, of course, that's not going to... You know, I don't think we're going to see fans in stadiums for quite a while just because of the uh, capacity issues and all of, you know, it's very hard to social distance, obviously, if... Uh, I mean, you know, whatever. It'd be interesting to see what a stadium would look like with, like, little groups that social distance together coming into the stadium <laughs> yeah. and being separated. Six, you know yeah, what I mean? Like 2,000 people in Vodafone just... Right exactly, on. just very well socially distant. Um, but you know, honestly, we may even start to see experiments like that take place as this becomes normal until a vaccine is out there, obviously. And I think people are going to, I mean, who knows? If this becomes like a virus out there, like all the others, um, it's, you know, this could become something of a norm. And, and we're so generally in society, things like wearing gloves and masks and everything are going to become part of life, perhaps. You know, I don't know. But Anyway, uh, it'll be interesting. So, like the interesting tidbit regarding uh, FIFA, not rule change, but allowances that since the games might be kind of like packed into a short period of time to get all the games in, in like within a month or so. Oh, so they can like still have like a real transfer window yeah, without adjusting yeah. too much. It looks like FIFA will allow more than three substitutions per game. So they're, they're saying maybe Ooh. five substitutions per game because if teams are playing every two to three days. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's not like official, official, but that's... Uh, that's a rumor out there. I like it. It's a rumor out there. That's a good practical kind of... It's so, like, almost... You, you, you don't even want to accept it as reality because of how... Uh, FIFA and, and UEFA and all these guys are so unprecedentedly like corrupt and terrible at forward-thinking type of stuff lately uh, that it's like, whoa, really? They're doing something smart? They're doing the wise thing here? Uh, that's that's good. And it shows kind of flexibility, too. I like it. Um, yeah, well, let's get let's get into Besiktas while we're here, uh, while we're finally talking football. And yeah, it, it's good to know that there will be international football for folks to watch on TV, even perhaps sooner. Uh, it would have been nice if Turkey could have been on, so that like before other leagues, so that there'd be more eyes on it, you know, for a minute. But obviously, Turkey was actually hit pretty hard, so it's, it's good they're actually being somewhat cautious relative to others. Um, okay, well let's let's talk let's talk Besiktas. So let's talk. Before we get into any of uh, the rumors, and I think we have some, some nice tweets from our listeners on Twitter that, that have come in with questions, um, let's talk some some training news. And, and there is some. Of course, guys have been coming in in groups of five uh, f- 
for a, a bit now, almost a, like a week and a half, two weeks. Has it been two weeks? No, just a week. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe two weeks. I don't know, but I'll say a week and a half. Uh, maybe, or even yeah. Well, because it was just literally the day we were recording last week they started. So it's, it's been a week, just a week. Oh yeah, well, I think they had the second session the day we recorded. So yeah, it's been a little bit more than a week. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, whatever. We'll round up week and a half. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, there's already news. Um, I think the biggest news is probably that everyone's being called in. Foreigners have to quarantine for two weeks before they can sort of attend training camp um probably not necessarily on the suspicion that wherever they've come from is like more dangerous or anything i think but even just the the traveling itself puts you at risk you know being in airports and airplanes and all that so they're probably just being safe in that regard with the two week um yeah that's according to ntv so we'll see if there is an official protocol that will come in but they're usually somewhat reliable Reliable for a Turkish source, I would say. So. Yeah, that's a <laughs> huge caveat. But um, yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, th- some good news regarding foreigners and training is that Atiba, I guess, never left Turkey because he's raring to go, supposedly. Um, and he, like, yeah. demanded to be part of training, which, I mean, I wonder if they were like, you're a little old, sir. Like, perhaps you should. <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm coming in, man. Um Whatever it is, he's, he's supposedly had a, a great ethos, work ethic, um, which I guess brings us to the sort of major news as far as what's happening with the current squad, uh, and that is salary, salary offers and all that. Uh, I'll, I'll hand you the mic, Evron. What, what's the news there? Yeah, so basically we have three starters right now that we own that have expiring contracts. Uh, Atiba, Gekhan Gunu, and John Ekin. Um, they're all expiring this year. So this is, is looking to resign. It looks like all of them, but for reduced salaries. John makes the most. He makes 1.75 million euros this year. Uh, Gekhan makes 1.65, and uh, Atiba's down to 800,000. So the rumor is, is that Gekhan and Atiba are looking like They'll accept a reduced salary, but with John Air is a little bit less certain. Apparently, they offered John Air about eight hundred fifty thousand, which I guess maybe isn't what he's liking, which is almost about a fifty percent cut, if not more. My mouth isn't very yet, if not more. And then uh, Gekhan is a little bit less of a cut from one point six five to one million, supposedly what they offered him. That's and a little so more than fifty. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, that's um. You'd think that. John Air would be open to it just given his age and, and I think sort of prospects. You know, I don't think he's in high demand anywhere. Certainly not any of the other big Istanbul clubs. I mean, maybe like Bashaksha here I or mean, something. I guess he does have decent, like his assist numbers are quite high, but he played as a winger for a lot of those. Yeah, and even um, he had like spells in central midfield and stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's certainly a, a youthful guy, and I, I, I would. He's also five or four years younger than um, Gekhan. So yeah, he's 31, you know, which is of note, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone recognizes that one of our biggest needs is actually as a left back um, to replace him. That's been a, uh, that we got Rubosho, 
uh, for that <laughs> role, right? We thought, and um, that maybe didn't pan out. Not necessarily because he didn't play well. I think just the financials on it and everything didn't time well. Yeah, well, I think it was he didn't play well enough to really um, warrant the. I think the buyout was like four or five. Million. Well, that's yeah. I mean, to be perfectly oh. honest here, though, like now that given everything that's transpired since, like even if. He was exactly the guy we wanted. I doubt we could even like we would have had to negotiate yep. that down somehow. And if he was the guy we wanted and played really well, I really doubt we would have been able to. So it would have been another one of those yeah pickles. It's been pretty clear that they didn't want him because I don't think he was dropped for uh, performance reasons. I I think there was it was like a obligation to buy based on how many appearances. Exactly. No, it was right about the so halfway point. He got, yeah, exactly. I'm guessing he got kind of close to that appearance mark. I think it was a 50%, and, yeah. Because it was right about the ha- yeah. it was right past the halfway mark where it was like, oh, suddenly. And that's when we stopped seeing him play. So. Exactly. Um, but so, yeah, and like we'll put a we'll put a little bookmark on, on, on that left back conversation because there's other news perhaps that we can start talking about when we get into rumors later. But but so yeah, as far as those guys getting offered pay cuts. Uh, the only guy I really feel for, it's supposedly he's already maybe even theoretically amenable to the idea, is Atiba. And not because, like, he's already not paid a ton, uh, despite the fact that he's, like, one of our best, most consistent performers. But um, he's taken cuts for us, like, regularly. And so... For, already, yeah. You know what I mean? So for him to take another one, like, first of all, as far as, like, legend status goes, man, like... People want to, like, like Nejib took a pay cut, supposedly, right? And people are like, oh, see, there's a real best of touch player. Dude, Atiba is a guy who we actually need on the pitch, and he's been taking... Yeah, Nejib makes far more than Atiba also. Yeah, and, and Atiba's been there, like, on the pitch for us this whole time. You know what I mean? Like, we yeah. need him, honestly. Uh, so, uh, if he's really even taking another pay cut, like... God damn it. Just put that guy's statue in front of the stadium, like, as, as recompense, you know, and, like, lock him in. Guarantee that he's uh, coaching in our – he's in our assistant – an assistant coach or, a, you know – Something. Something, yeah. like fitness coach, whatever it may be. He needs a role. <laughs> like, guarantee him something for all of his uh, sacrifice. But, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about uh, salary cuts? Um, Burak apparently has agreed to pay cut. There was rumors that he was going to leave, that we weren't paying him, and then they had to come out and say that's not true. And Burak said, "I'll actually be taking a pay cut, but we don't know what the pay cut is." I wouldn't. He just said, "He just said it's happening." So, I'd love if there was a cut in terms of the amount of years we're committed to. <laughs> Although I doubt that's the case. You know, for if he's going to take a pay cut, it's probably with the the notion that he's guaranteed. Some time, which is a shame. Um, interesting, though. Interesting. Uh, it, uh, certainly, the big knock against a guy like Burak, in addition to his poor performances this season, would be his giant salary and, and all the years were committed to it. Uh, but so, if he's willing to take a pay cut, you know, at least that that negates part of those knocks. And if he can recapture some form and score some goals in that time, then. You know, it won't all be so bad, perhaps. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of made a, a 
premium on Burak is, is kind of like the safe option. You you know what you're getting with him. He's not going to be a world beater. But um, we know that he'll even he had like a bad year so far. But he still scored 11 goals. Yeah, exactly. A lot of penalties. But, you know, if like compared to, I don't know, if we gave Guzven the, the mantle, I doubt he would have scored 11 goals at this point based on his form so far. So. Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement that uh, he was a better option than, than Guven Yeltsin. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it'll be interesting. And I, again, we'll put a bookmarker on that because there's news of, of another striker already within the club who could be making a return. I mean, heck, let, let's, that's a good segue, I think, because we've, we've talked about everything in training. The other bit of news as far as current guys uh, and, you know, as far as signing, re-signing, not re-signing, the only sort of negative confirmed here is that Loris Karius is is gone. Uh, let's say a word about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it was came out saying that uh, we canceled his contract. That was like the news of the day. And then the next day, his agent went to like a big German newspaper build and said um, his contract wasn't canceled yet. But yet is what they said. Is uh, they basically said, yeah, we went to FIFA. Vishas owes us money. We gave them plenty of time to respond, and it's not the coronavirus time. It's from, like I think they said October to March. He hasn't been paid, and and yet um, makes it sound like it's a foregone conclusion that he is gone. I mean, look, the yeah. reality is that once again, even if he was literally the perfect keeper who everybody wanted to stick around, we probably couldn't <laughs> afford him. Again, you know, we would have had to figure out some extension of a loan, or you know, like everything is going to have to be a. Yeah shrewd move or a very cheap one at this point so um it's in a way like his leaving now i wouldn't even be surprised if we wanted that because we knew we weren't resigning him and we need to see in these remaining games if either utku or erisin destinolu is an option going forward yeah. right because like that's what we're kind of left with at this point beyond some transfer rumors and again bookmark we're leaving a lot of bookmarks here yeah, if the season did come back that's what we would be left with assuming so i don't think cars would play again i mean maybe it's possible but it's it's not looking good <laughs> yeah i mean supposedly he's gone uh, that's done right so and, and and i think he can't leave like this week because then he'd be voiding part of his contract so yeah i mean they, they said he still has a contract to the to the rest of his loan only hasn't been officially canceled yet but. yeah and if he wants to claim the money that's owed to him it's probably even in his interest to be somewhat present or as best as he can so i don't know um we'll see how that ends but it's that anyone yeah you can pretty much just assume he's not really a part of the future um in a way i'm looking forward to not having the debate the Karius debate anymore, you know, like yeah. it was getting tiresome uh, all around, but, but so yeah, let's, let's get into some of the positive. <laughs> um, so, so as far as guys with the club staying or going, Karius out, that's one. Uh, but so now all of the loan guys, and we talked about a bunch of them last week, there's sort of news, a, a little bit more news, some more momentum as far as where they're going uh, or particularly staying, uh, specifically, I should say. Um, do you want to say, do you want to talk about it? Sure, Everyone? yeah. Um, so I guess the, like, the main guys we talked about last time, which is Ozan 
Laren. Yeah. But um, based on what they're reporting from Terete is that uh, Laren and uh, Isi Matmiron will be uh, <laughs> coming back. Isi was at a uh, was at Toulouse in France, and they're in like last place. So basically, they're you know Banco guaranteed to get relegated, assuming there is relegation if the season restarts. And with the financial turmoil, they're not looking to purchase him. Um, so it looks like Laren Isi will come back, and then Osan were still still kind of up in the air because it seems like he likes being I guess back home for him in the Netherlands but um, uh, there is reports from Miliet that said again likes Olusan and actually tried to stop him from going in the first place so we'll see what happens there and then also uh, Sergen wants Fatih Aksoy to come back and play like as a regular first team player or like the rest challenging, right? Challenging. Yeah, like a challenging, anyway. challenging, and I'm guessing midfield. We'll see what Sergio wants. And then the rest of those youngsters we have loaned out: uh, Muhayer, uh, Eric Musetchkin, Hasic, uh, Sedat. The rest of them, like I said, that's not really a youngster anymore. But Sergio will give them like a you know a chance once they come back from their loans and train again. Is Muhayer on loan? I thought. Yeah, yeah he loaned him out to uh, the second league to Gitterson, so has there any news on that? Has he played all right? Anyway. I don't know. <laughs> That's a stretch, I guess. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I think I, this is going to be like a, a theme this episode that I'm going to have to sort of be reminding folks about probably more than once. But it was announced that we have a 500,000... I'm gonna like optimistically say Euro, but it could very well even be <laughs> Turkish. It could be the Yeni Turkish Lira. Uh, 500,000 Len Yen. <laughs> yeah, that would be. At yeah. this point. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, Yen wouldn't. Oh, well, yeah, that would be pretty bad, actually. That's like, <laughs> that's like a week salary, I think. But, um, yeah, you know, 500,000 is not gonna buy us. Like, when you hear he wants Ozan. He wants Fatih Aksoy. It's not like in a regular transfer window he wouldn't, we, Besiktas, wouldn't be trying to upgrade at those positions. It's given where we are and the fact that we we only probably have one move in us this window. Uh, and it's not going to be like a big splash, a bomba, I doubt. Uh, I think it's a recognition that like this is, the talent that we can bring back is maybe better than what we're likely going to be able to bring in uh, even in yeah, an ideal also world. Also, depending on what we offload. So, I think that 500k is kind of like if we don't offload people. Because we have Fida, Yalayic, uh, Lens, um, and then all the Lonies. So, that type of stuff. So Yeah. So, I guess this is a good, again, another segue to the next phase of that. And that's <laughs> that, like, we have to talk about guys who are outgoing. I mean, so obviously all the guys who are coming back, Isi Matt, Milan, Milan, um, Larry, uh, yeah. Ozan, even, you know, I mean, I doubt Fatih actually has a giant market for his ability right now, but I mean, who I knows, mean, I guess. Fatih actually had, had, a, had a good season, so his market value has gone up. I mean, yeah, but like, up. there's a point where it's like he's young enough and he's, a product of our system and we need someone playing the position too to, you know like if someone comes in with an offer yeah we'd probably even sell him yeah, you know but probably I, not going to be anything astronomical but yeah I could not for Fatih actually one to two million perhaps like but like you know 
Remember those rumors of, of Italian teams looking at, look at looking at Durakan? Like, if anything like that comes in, yeah. goodbye, whoever that is. You know what I'm saying? Like, Durakan is the most likely of the younger guys to be sold. But. Yeah, especially now with contract issues and all that. But we haven't heard much about that lately, so we'll see. Uh, and I've noticed that he likes, like, every comment, everything that is posted on Instagram by Vestage players, he's liking with little black hearts. So, like... Uh, you know, I think he's still a part of the the team spirit, anyhow. Um, so now, as far as outgoing guys, and I'll hand you the mic again in a sec, Evron. Uh, but we we neglected to mention all the news surrounding this guy last week, uh, and so I think we should start with him this week, Adem Ljajic. So first of all, right, we should talk about the news of him being uh, transfer listed, and then. Or no, I guess no. First, there's news of an offer that which came in for him, which he personally maybe rejected, and then we're transfer listing him regardless, and then blah blah blah. So I'll, I'll hand it over to you. What's what do we know about Liayet? There's really nothing definitive. Um, obviously, he's one of the highest earners. We paid six and a half million to finalize the loan. So I think we invested seven and a half million in total, which is like a boatload considering our uh, <laughs> our current financial issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, there's such as he didn't have a great season this year, but he was excellent before, mm-hmm. and he has like that reputation that if we are going to sell people, he's probably one of like, the three guys who could actually fetch a sizable sum. Um, you know, I'll tell you, and it's obviously like it's such a weird season and your all of our memories are kind of contorted, but... My distinct Ljajic memory of the season is not that he played really particularly poorly at any stage. It's that when there was pressure on him and everyone was booing him and stuff, he came in and scored that stunner of a goal. <laughs> that was a real... Uh, and, and you know, there's something to that. There's definitely... It says something about someone's character when they, you know... Yeah, I mean, if, if it was 19 years old playing the way he was, I think people would be very excited. But I think it was, you know... The pressure he came in with was that he was supposed to lead the team, carry us to glory, and with object clearly that just wasn't happening. And I think he's not that type of personality. If the team sucks, to be you know like you know surging through the midfield, picking everybody up, making right. tackles, that's just not who he is. So um, no, and in that regard, it's a shame. I think for a number of the guys who have come in, and you know. Could have had like things could have been different if things if the time you know and I, I've pointed to Karius before as a guy that is an easy scapegoat who if we had a solid back line the entire time he was there that was like used to playing together and wasn't ravaged by injuries um, if like for Liayic right if Burak had been healthy the whole time because they they established a nice partnership and then that was broken up because of Burak's injuries and coming in and poor form and everything like. You know, there's all these what-ifs that you wonder about. Um, it's a shame, honestly. It's really a shame how, like, you can go back to, like, Pedro Franco, who, you know, I always thought was pretty decent, but, like, he had, like, one or two bad performances in a row, and sometimes that's just how the cookie crumbles, you know? But, um... Yeah. We're talking about Pedro Franco, which means we're way off topic. Let's let's refocus <laughs> here. Um, any any other outgoing guys? We've, we've hit Ljajic, we've hit Karius. There's also um, potential on Vita leaving. Oh, Vita, um, yeah, that's a funny one. Yeah, there's nothing like crazy news. Like, it's uh, Haber Turk is 
the source. So it's not like, you know, I wouldn't bet your life on it. Um, but apparently Slavin Bilic, a fellow Croatian, wants him, which I think just, even if it is made up, just it logically makes sense that Bilic should be interested in him because he always signs Croatian players wherever he goes. Yeah, he coached West Brom is, yeah, is basically like ready to get promoted to the Premier League so they will have money. Uh, At I least repeat that, yeah. you, were, you were kind of coming a little fuzzy there, but yeah, West Brom, or West yeah, Bromwich West Albion, to be, uh, yeah. yeah that's, that's, they're basically the top two spots with uh, Leeds, who was also linked to Laren, uh, last episode we mentioned, so they're, they should have money next year, Billage, they have that Croatian uh, connection, so maybe we could fetch somewhere, you know, upwards of eight million, potentially, don't want to, you know, don't get your hopes up, but it's definitely a possibility. And then also, uh, Terra Terrace Sport has reported that uh, Diaby and Riboho are not going to be kept after their loans. Like, it's kind of like guaranteed. And then Bishos is working on El Neni for next year for another loan. Extending the loan. And then Boateng, yeah, we're not sure. Because I think the, the salary for Boateng is supposed to be raised to $1.5 million next year. And Bishos doesn't want to pay that. So, that all has to be sorted out still. I could see them bending on that because I think the whole world is in finance. You know, I think everyone will be understanding of, you know, whereas perhaps in like last season, they would have been like, oh, this Turkish club is trying to get a cut right discount. At this point, anyone who's like, hey, man, can we get a little? It's like, yeah, of course. I totally understand. Like these times are crazy. You know, uh, It's like a general sentiment yeah. with everyone regarding everything now. You know, like even landlords are chilling out, which is like <laughs> unprecedented times. Um so yeah, I mean, this is okay. There's, that's interesting. I mean, and I guess now before we talk about anything incoming, and there is stuff to talk about, I guess we could start to sort of sum up how we feel about some of this stuff. Now, like, let's say we can't sell some of these guys. How do we feel about them coming back and playing for us? So we'll go through the list. Um, how do you feel about Fatih Aksoy? Um, yeah, you, you may know this already because I've said it multiple times. I'm time, setting you up. Uh, yeah, there's like a softball. Yeah, Fatih is, uh, I think, has a real chance to be just financially like the best option for that defensive mid spot. Kind of like the perfect replacement for, replacement for Nejip. Homegrown, has a couple years left on the contract, good age. Then he can play, he can fill in at center back and right back. But he's actually like better than Nejip, and uh, I was really impressed with him this season on Seabus, including against the big teams. It seems like he's a big game player. Typical Turk, you know, shows up when he wants to, but um, <laughs> when it matters most. For he has an extremely low salary. Uh, I just think it makes sense. We're not gonna find something easier than that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's no fee associated with it, and it feels a need, uh, you know. He's actually, like, defensive midfielder, because he uh, used to be, like, a ball-playing center back, so. Yeah, and it, it obviously, it puts less pressure on us resolving El Neni. Like, if we can't extend that loan, we know we'll have, like, <laughs> Fatih and Atiba, at least two guys in Dorakon, in theory, I don't know, we'll see. Um, well, okay, next on the list, Ozan. And I think he's the least likely to return, not because we don't need him. Uh, and I I think it makes complete sense that Sargon would want him back. But uh, what about 
you know, the possibility of that. Like, how do you feel about him returning if he could? Or do you feel like it's something that we should prioritize, which is like force him to return because he's so important, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think wherever he goes, he kind of has to take a pay cut. So I think that's like leverage for us to make him take a pay cut because Feyenoord's not going to pay him 2.2 million. We don't want to pay him 2.2 million. So if we can bring him back with a pay cut and if Sergan likes him, we kind of saw what he did with Ozan Tufan at um, Alanya. I mean, it's not like Ozan Tufan's the best midfielder in the world now, but he went from, you know, Fenerbahce reserves to now like, you know, starter, one of the, I think he's captain sometimes actually. I mean, he's so, even returned to the national know, think, tide, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, national team. He played against France and all that. So I think, you know, I, I still have faith in Ozan for some reason. But when he, he did have a promising start at Feyenoord, and I think I would like to rather see him in that LNNE role. If, if, I just, you know, it's just because he has that ability to pick out those key passes when he's not playing like garbage, so. So you're saying and we like Fati next to Ozan? Yeah, Fati and Ozan as a potential duo. So Dorokan is a right back then in your? Yeah, well, I think Dorokan can fill in at right back or in the midfield. You know, I'm going to hope in my mind, I think we're still qualifying for the Europa League next year. That's just my, uh, you know, my enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, man, so that's like a realistic, that that's a completely realistic yeah. Uh, yeah. goal. Uh, you know, if we can catch up to see. If you were like so Boateng I, and trying to guarantee championships here, I'd be like, title, yeah. <laughs> maybe you need to relax and like uh, yeah. learn about alcohol. But I, <laughs> I hope, I hope next year, if we can have Fatih, Ousan, Dorukan, Atiba as like the midfield, keep those four, and then sign like a youngster from the Turkish League. But we can move on to that later. So I think we have we have a we have a question about what we want to see. Yeah, well, heck, maybe players. you've done it again, sir. You've done it again. Let's <laughs> let's segue right to that because I think we've really covered our bases. Oh, Blair. there's one more. Yeah, let's Blair. let's Isimat, talk about. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, Isimat Milan. Let's do that first. What do you think about that? Should he come back? Do we need him? I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. So I'll, if we can, we have Rocco and him. So one of them has to go, essentially. So I would rather see Isima just because he can move. Uh, Rocco is like sometimes good, but when he gets caught out of position, it's like it's over and he's not good enough well, to be Well, well, like, well, well. Now, hold on. Well, uh, I'm not going to correct you. <laughs> that sounded like I'm about to correct you. No. Uh, it's not that I'm going to correct you. Uh, what I'm going to say is let's let's now assume Vida is gone, right? Because mm. that's if any, like, I would say he's more likely to go than even Liaich at this point. Or I mean, they're about as likely to go, in fact. And I'd say they're both quite likely to go, given that Vida's the, the most wanted player. Exactly, on our he has the most value. He gives any capacity for us to bring in any other player into the squad basically predicates on our ability to sell him and even then i doubt it's just like oh we got you know let's say seven million for for vita it doesn't mean we now have seven dollars seven million in our budget <laughs> it means that we have like probably two million in our budget and the rest goes to salaries slash debt or whatever so you know i'm not talking anything revolutionary here but Let's just assume Vida's gone before we talk about Easy Mount Miran. Now, okay. we're down to Victor Ruiz and I suppose uh, Enzo Rocco as our two defensive, as the back the back line. Would you rather see Easy well, Mount Miran? Yeah, we also have um, Alpai Chelebi who got loaned out to 
Kaiser and he like I think he tore his ACL or something. He missed like he's missed the whole That's season. Exactly so right. far, yeah, so. and he could come back. We hope he yeah, come so out he's strong. Yeah, nineteen or twenty. Yeah, so I mean, per- preferably I like Ruiz. He's just injury prone. I like to see Ruiz. I mean, Fasi Axoy was actually and, a def- a defensive. Yeah, he's also he used to be a center back before he kind of got like morphed into a CDM. He's been better there, but he can fill in there. So can Nedjip. He's the Nedjip like um, prototype. Hopefully, he, I mean, he's better than Nedjip. Yeah, right? we, we can all. Yeah, <laughs> in my opinion. So I would rather just keep Isimat and let Roko go. That'd be that'd be my choice. But um, you know, whoever gets it, there's more likely to get an offer for Isimat than um for Roko. So, so are we saying? Are you tough. saying then that your preferred backline for the incoming season is Victor Ruiz and Isimat Milhan, or are you suggesting Chelebi is the uh, you know you want to see that work? Most of all, I would, I would like this to Isimat and Chelebi be the uh, backups, preferably. Like if we have four center backs, so I'd like us to see like a decent center back come in if we sell Vita. But that's see that we'll see. that for me is is ridiculous. Now hold on, like, um, <laughs> wash my hands. <laughs> I should keep this on the episode as a reminder that everyone should wash their hands. <laughs> um, you got a layer in left. So hold on. No, I, I don't mean rid- it's ridiculous. No, I, uh, I really think that of all the positions, I, I think you can pretty much assume we're going to bring one guy in. One. Just think about that for a second. Uh, and so what I mean is that we have, if you consider Isimat Mirin, Mirin uh, we have kind of a a bunch of guys in a position that we can we can offload one, probably Domingo Vida, and then we have Victor Ruiz, Isimat Mirin, Enzo Rocco, and Alpay Chelabi. And I feel like we're forgetting. I mean, there's like uh, who's the kid that was playing for us this season? Cartal? No, that was the remember. central. That was the central midfielder. No, he's a midfielder. Who's the? I don't remember. I think it's Erdogan. Erdogan Kaya. That's exactly who it was. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't remember being impressed by him at all. But you know, I didn't see him. That I mean, much. hell, you know, he's young. A year of development. Who the hell knows? But yeah, I, I mean, I doubt a whole lot changes. Uh, but point being, there's like five guys on the roster, right? Like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The top four guys are the are the guys in the rotation. So like everyone Kai is out, right? There you have it. There you have four. Does that mean we're keeping? Yeah, I'd like to see Erdogan Kai loaned out, and then Alpai kind of kind of come in as that fourth option. But, I know, agree. I fully we'll agree. See. I've always liked Alpai Chelebi. I used to create him in FIFA like two years ago. Last <laughs> time I bought FIFA and played it regularly. But um, yeah, I mean. I like that. I think we certainly have to be of a mind to have a young product in that last rotation spot in all of our positions, ideally. Um, but for that, I guess let's just move on to the last position here, which is up front, and we have Kyle Laren. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I think if we get any offer more than two and a half million, we should just take it. Um, you even go. I was going to say like more than like a million. I mean, honestly, if you can get some money for him, he's gone. I assume. So I think I think his bio clause was two and a half million. Um, I think right now his he played pretty good 
at Zulto, so I don't think we should take some like you know garbage one million offer. Um, considering we paid one point eight, but anyway, yeah, like, so, all right. How about that? Let's let that's a good. All right, that's that's an opening for a conversation point. So that means that let's say nobody's willing to like make what you consider to be a good enough offer. Okay. Are you willing to play hardball and, and keep him on the roster? I, I mean, I would if we can offload Guven either on loan. I would be okay with him coming as the uh, as the backup. Is although yeah. he is such a frustrating player at times. He's a more um, suitable back. Like, yeah, dude, Guven can go away. When it does work with Larry, he does offer something. He's big. He can actually dribble. He is sometimes strong when he feels like it. Um, Remember that first half of the season, right? There was a moment. There was like a whole summer where we were excited about him. Remember? Yeah. So I think he still has potential to be like a useful off the bench or backup type guy. He's certainly like. If he clicks with set again, tight. For sure. Yeah, that's the thing. No, he needs and I, and to I, be like comfortable. He's not like a strong mentally type guy. Like, I think like, even Burak can like. Even if he sucks, he can still go out there the next day and play. Like, Laren, if he sucks, or even Guven, same thing. I don't think he can go out the next day and still play the same way. So, Yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be interesting for sure. But I really – it's like, you know, you know, poverty can really, like, change your outlook. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think for Besiktas, we have to sort of consider poverty as a realistic outlook for where we are right now. And that um, – if like, all right. So let me just ask you this, and this we'll we'll use this as a launch pad into the next conversation. But like, wrap up this one for you. What is like if if we can bring in one guy, and I'm not going to ask you who the guy would be, but like, where would he be? Where would he play? What's the one position that needs a boost upgrade? <laughs> like, what's the one, right? I mean, I guess logically speaking, you'd say goalkeeper. This was. With Kuz not good enough, in my opinion, and then Erson, we don't know. So I'd have to see Erson play first. I mean, I would even say we know enough about Erson to say that, like, you don't want him to be your only option, right? Because Utku is not an option. <laughs> we can definitely say Utku's that. okay, but he's, like, he's not even, like, a backup option. To me, he should be a third-string goalie type thing, so. Uh, yeah, he can, he can honestly go. I would say let's even, like, loan him and see if he can like gain some confidence actually playing somewhere. But I can't even think of a place he'd play regularly right now. Anyway, I mean, let's not dwell on that. So you're saying keeper is where we really like have to make that one Yeah, that's, investment. I'm assuming we're gonna sign a player, but other than keeper, like in my mind, our weakness, I think, I would say in center midfield, because I don't like it, but we have so many players coming back in on loan that it doesn't really it doesn't even matter. So I would say goalkeeper, and that's what we just have to at least matter. Depth in. Yeah, especially with Karius not being an option whatsoever, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, okay. So that means that there's no way we're getting an upgraded striker. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, and honestly, like, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, a striker is one of your biggest expenditures when you're putting out money for a transfer because. Goals Unless off. we sell multiple players, like I think if we sell both uh, Leitch and Vita, and then one of Given or Laren goes, and we get money for them too, then you know, then maybe we'll see a player. Dude, I mean, just think. Just I have one um, caveat that really like you have to add to that, which is remember, Jake, 
you know like we've had even just like a giant sum of money and we, we didn't see anything come in at the back yeah. of it and it's because True. of our situation you know like and like, I, I'm not trying to be like a party poopy here it's just I, I, I want us as a fan base to be as rational and like our expectations as possible and it's not my current expectation is the only new striker we would get is Laren exactly not really new. that's not current. new but it might be an upgrade at the backup. Yeah, he has blonde hair now, so. <laughs> there you go. Who knows? Who knows what that brings with it? Kind of trouble that brings with it. But so, I I think Guven Yeltsin needs to be loaned. I think we can all agree. Like, I, I don't mind keeping Umut Nair as our third string third keeper. Um, just because right. he can come in and do something. Remember that game where he came in and scored twice? and um, The... Yeah, Guven Yalchin. It's like a Shishmanolu type. Yeah, player. exactly. You know, I wouldn't yeah. even mind Shishmanolu at the third string. But uh, certainly, I think Guven Yalchin actually has even theoretically enough potential, and he's young enough that he could develop something somewhere by playing he, he regularly. He has shown at times that he's a good player. I remember before he was playing, I really liked him. Like, I saw potential. In him. I mean, look, the thing is, is that if he plays regularly, like, you never know. Like, Someone Once could play him as an attacking midfielder. Just think. Been the same. Hasn't been the same. Once he switched to the number nine. Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, I that's the thing. Like, think of all the guys like Burak Yilmaz. That's just one example. Ibrahim Usulmez. Like, there's all these. There are all these guys who've just gone somewhere, played somewhere out of need for some coach, and then found themselves. Like. Who knows what this man's future is, and he's young enough that he can still find he something. He still has potential, but he needs to he needs to be able to play and mentally exactly. like kind of overcome whatever is wrong with him. Because at when he's bad, he's like really bad. <laughs> he's not yeah, even yeah. like useful. So when he's good, he he can shoot, he can dribble. But sometimes when he's bad, he he looks worse than me. Like it's it's really no, it's something. It is, it's true. And like that's like I remember uh, we had a a prospect young striker like last summer who I like I saw highlights of Ozan Ozan Ak Akun right and and like, we yeah. loaned him out to like Istanbul Sport he doesn't really amount to anything I had hoped something could happen there now uh, I think in the case it was of like Kuban, our like top score ever in the youth academy or like you know, people are gassing him up type thing and he never even played much I don't know what but I mean. I think in the case of Guven Yeltsin, you could actually probably find him a place where he'd actually play. Um, yeah, he seems like a Dutch league, belt, like or second division Dutch at worst type, you know. Something, man. Yeah, but he's got to play for sure. Um, a similar level to what Laren was loaned out to. Exactly. But so, which which means there could theoretically be a place for Laren as a backup. I don't think anyone's going to be thrilled to hear it, but at the same time, just look at yeah. the big picture here. Like if. I would say striker. It's probably the second biggest need, honestly. Maybe third if you think about central midfield and left Ozan back. being gone. I'd say left back is. Then you okay? Yeah, you know what? I'll call striker our have, fourth biggest need. Two potential outgoing left backs, and we'll have to see rope after if they both are gone. So. Yeah, because I would actually Neither say in order. Are, uh, an order of operations here. I think our keeper is the biggest priority. Left back, no, actually no. Keeper, central midfielder, left back, then striker. So striker is the fourth biggest need. We're not gonna get four new players, guys. Like, sorry, man. Maybe on some free transfer stuff and like some finessing and all that, but it's not gonna be, I wouldn't, 
hope for anything better than Kyle Aaron, honestly, like realistically, since that's our fourth biggest need in a window where we're likely to spend, like in quotation marks, <laughs> on one guy. Uh, and again, I put that in quotation marks because we're not spending big money even on that one. So I've always had Ogden back from loan, so maybe <laughs> there we go. Maybe be a new striker, yeah. Maybe it's uh, Muhammad Demirji's time to shine, man. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on. Now, this is a special segment. This is a special time for all of us. Uh, I, I'm pleased to announce, and before we talk about the next section of our podcast. There's a, a fan request. A listener has chimed in from Twitter. And I'm going to read what he has to say. So, at Zerzavatji, he's, he's appeared before. We've, 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 we've heard from him previously. He wants to ask us about players we think would be good transfers uh, and look at any rumors and areas to improve. So I think this is a perfect segue into that part of the conversation. We've already begun that part of the conversation as far as what positions need improving so we've started to answer your question ozzy um everyone but so i'm gonna hand you the mic again because uh you're on a roll now um what do you think man uh what let's talk about rumors i guess since we've you know we've already yeah. i guess talked about our I'll biggest needs rumors, yeah, yeah let's talk about rumors and then and then we'll start talking about like what you want but uh, yeah. Sure. So, so the newest link for the goalie front, I think, before I've mentioned all these names, which was uh, Saluga. I'm not sure if I mentioned him last time from Luton Town. Uh, Volkan Baba, John Sinan Bolak, Claudio Bravo, the names are still cycling. The newest one is a 32 year old uh, Polish keeper in the Bundesliga for Union Berlin. He's going to be a free agent. His name is Rafał Gikowicz. Excuse, excuse my pronunciation. Apparently, Bish says is interested in him according to B in Sports TR. So, um, that's kind of the type of player I'm assuming we'll be looking for. Experienced um, free agent keeper. So, maybe alone type thing. But nothing, not the type of, you know, Champions League playing Karius that will all, everyone knew before he joined. Yeah, well, and so this is what I was alluding to, man. When you have a 500k transfer budget, uh, you know, and if you can make a little leeway and make it a million, maybe one and a half, two million if we're lucky. Because again, like big sales, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, man, like even if we get like 10 million in returns somehow, I don't know, it's a miracle uh, selling Liaj and Vita or something. Uh, it's, it doesn't mean we have 10 million in the coffers. It, it means that we'll get like 2 million to spend, you know, like it's not, it's not going to be pretty folks. But so what that means is we're going to have to be kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, a guy on the last year of his contract, you know, so where we can get someone with yeah. a little quality, but maybe it's spend. also one other, uh, loose rumor for left back, um, Fabrice Insakala. That's an important one. Yeah. I think we should, let's start there. That's actually. Yeah. Let's start there, well, and then we'll, we'll sort of circle back to Keeper. I don't know. This reminds me of, if anyone remembers back to Raheem Lava, this kind of reminds me of a similar type situation where the player definitely wanted to join, but the solidity of the rumors was pretty rough. Tenuous. So far, the only rumor is Fanatic, so that's pretty bad, but... But we've um, got a scoop. He shared, yeah, he did share a picture on his Instagram of him, like, photoshopped into a bitch duster. So, like, if that's not a thing you do if you don't want to join the club, obviously, an Alanya player is going to be a free agent. Would want to join Bishop Gush, logically. 
But um, it's it's going to come down to many factors. How many other teams are interested, especially as like a low cost alternative? And um, he's like a defensive left back, very quick, um, very good defensive uh, discipline and positioning, like the opposite of John Air. But going forward, he's not going to, you know, light the world up. Yeah, so but I mean, maybe best it's, it's kind of like a coach safe option transfer. How I describe him. Yeah, I mean, maybe Besiktas isn't lighting up the world either at, at this stage of things. But look, I mean, he's 29 relative to John Air's 31, which is, um, you know, I talked about incremental steps. I didn't mean it so literally <laughs> last week, but, uh, you know, a couple of years. Uh, and he's a little quicker, perhaps a little more useful defensively. Um, yeah, John doesn't like to defend much. <laughs> Anyone who's watched this play this season. Exactly. Yeah. And what it does is it allows us to keep John Air on the bench as a utility guy who can come in in all those positions that he comes in. And, and we have a guy that could theoretically sort of be starting consistently and playing at a pretty high level at that position. You know, for the Turkish Super League, I guess. Uh, and again, a cheap option. He's a free transfer. Which... Uh, goes yeah. a long way these days <laughs> if we're gonna be honest most likely be like you know more inclined to take that type of offers we're hearing for Jenner like 800,000 or 850,000 and Jenner is much less inclined to be taking offers. yeah and so if Jenner is out and then you know, so we'll have to sort out who the backup would be again but you know perhaps then we, we, we revert yeah. to uh, the youth academy for a backup who was the backup we had a Reed Van Yomas, exactly, yeah. So yeah. he'd be our... Uh... Little man. Exactly. <laughs> a, a short... Uh, short staff in the position there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so what else do we have? Uh, I think that's the only sort of like... Really, uh, really about as concrete yeah. as things get. So... Yeah, Saluga, I think I mentioned last episode, right? Or did I not? I don't think you did. Okay. Yeah, he's just. Yeah, I can mention him quickly. Well, it's all right. Let's let's so let's round it up. Let's round it up by talking about like what we want out of the transfer window. Yeah. All right. Um. So all right. So that leaves us with the last bit of Ozzy's question, uh, and and I think it's in some ways the most important part, at least as far as like what the hell we're doing here. Right. We're. It's one thing for us to sort of spit out rumors from the news, and it's another thing for us to analyze things a bit and so i'll ask you first again everyone now what do you want out of this window and now <laughs> so like you, you said already that keeper is the priority what's your ideal keeper and and, and try to factor in like if you can get a free guy or a guy on the team yeah. and then you can like put a you I know mean, put put together a little window here what do you what do you got I think definitely, if we're looking for a goal, you have to be a free player. Um, I'm guessing it'll be between the age of 28 to 32. That's the type of um, profile we'll be looking for. Maybe a loan of a younger player, but I went. Like, I wouldn't even think so. Honestly. Yeah. So, um, but definitely no, no younger than 25. I don't think this has to take risk on starting keeper like that. Um, so it's going to be, I'm assuming, some sort of under-the-radar keeper. Uh, sort of like the Kiko Whites makes sense. You know, one of the relegation side in the Bundesliga, 32 years old. Um, What's his I'm name not I think it's Kiko Whites. It's, it's not... 
I guess we'll find out if he joins G-I-A-I-E-W-I-C-Z. Gilkovics. Gilkovics. Yeah, it's like yeah. a Polish sort of name there. Um, okay, that's what you're looking at? That's your ideal? That's the, I haven't seen a play, but that type of profile. You know? Yeah. <laughs> under the radar, solid reputation. Low I w- cost. Yeah. I hope I don't get a lot of hate on this, but I wouldn't mind Sinan Bolat. You know? That's, he's a guy I, I, I yes. would have been... A good reputation outside of Turkey. I think this in Turkey has a terrible reputation. So. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. But like, I don't know, maybe like 10, 10 years ago, I think he was on our radar and I really wanted him at the time. And then I don't, you know, it, it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's gone downhill for him, but it's gotten quiet, you know. Uh, obviously, as you age, you become a lot less of a prospect and people pay less attention to you and all that. But uh, it could be a sort of situation where he hasn't done anything to, to, to kill his reputation anywhere. So maybe coming and playing for a club like ours, he could actually show what he's always been about. I don't know. That's, that's the, like the the romantic narrative on a cheap option. Um, but yeah, looking for the stuff on the cheap is, of course, that's the, that's the main thing. So all right, so now you've saved us a bit of money with your ideal keeper scenario. What are you saving it for? I mean. If we had like a lot of money, you know, like four or five million, <laughs> you know, I think like romance, like my, my heart really wants Abubakar to come back. Uh, every time I see the rumors, I get excited because I'm stupid, but I don't think that type of transfer is going to go down. Uh, I mean, it's possible just because he barely plays for Porto and, you know, the potential like injury history. So I think like that would be like an amazing financial coup for us. But uh, I don't well, expect that. Let's think that. about it. What's his What's his transfer value like marked as these days? Have you looked supposedly, lately? Supposedly, they, Porto has lowered his asking price from $8 million to $5 million. Uh, I mean, you could still get it even lower than that. You know, what if it like it was like a $3 million? Back, like when, a... back when we got him, uh, back when we first like lost him, apparently they wanted more like <laughs> $40 million, $30 million, so. Yeah, back in the day, man, that was... Yeah, it's a good thing we didn't pull that money together, I guess, <laughs> given what's happened to his transfer value. But so, all right, that's really your—that's your goal, that's your dream—is to. Is to fill I mean, that. that's just. I thought you agreed that central midfielder was more important. Well, central midfield, I like. Um, I like the thought of that. Oh, that was the one I forgot to mention. I play like Mehmet Özcan from the uh, from Eski ah, Sher, and another player I would want to get actually is Rabil Tajir. Or Tagi, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name from um, Altenordo. He's a 16-year-old left-footed center back. I think ideally, if we can get a player like that, um, break the bank a little bit, but um, not for, you know for our budget. Uh, you mean <laughs> like a spend a million, risky. 1.5 million? Yeah, you know maybe up to two million or three million if we can get him, just because before he turns 18 we have that uh he doesn't have an eu passport so no mm-hmm. eu teams can sign him until he's 18. so the earlier we move i think is the better i mean obviously alton order might be like you know we don't have to sell him we'll just wait but you know maybe they go bankrupt with the, <laughs> with the rest so. of us yeah so I'm, that's what i would think would be a smart move him i think we've been like to this summer he only has one year left on his contract. Eski Share got another point deduction, so they're oh, guaranteed man. to go down to like the third division at this point. Um, oh, he's out of there. Yeah, so he's probably gonna go. And I think, I mean, 
I don't, he's sort of like a value player, but I think he has a, a little bit more talented on the ball. So that, you know, that hardworking type box-to-box midfielder. And I think he could like come in for a year and then kind of slide into Dorokan's mantle maybe next year or now if we sell him. So I think those type of transfers are what I want to see. But, you know, my ideal big name would be Abubakar. So, yeah. Wow. So you're putting it all in for a striker. He, that's my guy. <laughs> that's your guy, though. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's other players I like, obviously. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I always have names around. But, um, you know. Yeah, keep it realistic, I guess, whatever. Um, interesting. No, I, I uh, man, I have really not thought about this a lot. Yeah. When I think about... Probably my biggest frustration this year was our inability to score goals. And so obviously I think the the idea of getting somebody who could guarantee us some goals, uh, that's a that's a real important thing. Obviously everyone was loving the Taliska stuff, although it was the least realistic thing of ever of all time. Um, but you know, there's a guy who comes in and gives you goals, uh, but obviously as a as a ten. Now, what? What? I wonder if there's a ten we can get, and I think we might. We have <laughs> I did hostage. Remember? Oh man, that's right. Because I mean, yeah. we got to assume Liayich is out. Yeah, um, I mean, if if he is out, I haven't like planned for that. But my like idea was that hostage would come out as like the backup for life. That would be ideal. I would love that. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's go with Liayich and Hasic at the 10. So if we go with Liayich and Hasic at the 10. See, I mean, I think you do need a striker, honestly. I think you're you're right. I definitely like the idea of Mehmet Uzdan. I've liked that since last summer, and now that we're in this sort of mode of going young and looking for bargains, I think that's kind of the direction you go in. I don't know any young Turkish central midfielders in lower leagues uh, besides Mehmet Uzdan because he's been around the periphery of rumors and all that for a while. Mohamed Demirci. <laughs> <laughs> there he is again. Um, I'm joking. No, I know. Um, no, but I mean, so... I guess, like... Man. It's tough. My, yeah. I mean, you know, ideally, yeah, you're going to try to from a bunch of money to sort of spread over a bunch of younger guys, but like... I just remember a player we, we both liked, uh, Jamie Collins for left back. Yeah, a guy like that. I mean, you know, I, I think of it like, I was, I, I gave a, an example when we, we were arguing in the, the group chat earlier about the situation we were in, and, and one of the guys in the group, I won't name any names, Derek, uh, was, you know, really going in on the board and how they have to make big moves this year or, or they got to go. And it's like, I, the example I gave was like, if you give me, you know, if you give me $10 and say this has to, you have to feed us for the next year with $10, I'm going to fail. It's just going to happen. Um, unless there's some savvy, like, you know, like oh, some crazy genius who can literally turn $10 into like a million dollars or something, you know, like that's, that's, I'll be honest, those people are rare and, and of a pedigree that like Besiktas isn't getting as far as running the club. Um, 
But so the typical person, you have you have a couple options here, right? And a, a savvy person can do something pretty special with $10. $10, you'll have like a baller meal for $10 that you would never expect to get. Or on the flip side, like, you know, get a nice sack of rice and something like jerky meat or something, you know, and like extend it out. But like the best, it out. the best you're getting with that, you're not gonna get a year's worth of food out of that. You're gonna get a month, you know what I mean? Like, so you're, it's, it's lose-lose. There's no one who's winning in this scenario. And so, you know, you could spread out 50K or 500K sorry, um, over a few young guys. And like, let's, let's again, let's say two and a half million, three million if we sell a few guys, whatever. You know, you can spread it out over a few guys like Mehmet Uzjan, Insakala, um, a goalie, a keeper, you know, pretty much. Yeah. You know, and then maybe a young striker, right? For backup besides like beyond Laren, which I, I mean, I, I think Laren is probably the guy, honestly. That's just where we are. I don't like a, a striker is expensive. That's, that's honestly like, again, goals cost, but, um, you know, like, there's a part of me that wishes we could put that money like into the me like I, I I'm all about like that one meal, <laughs> that one baller meal, kind of you know, and then like just make it work for the rest of the year. Because again, like suffering for eleven months and and like kind of suffering for one month versus just like having one night and then just realizing like you're screwed and like let's I, let's hustle for the next year. I think sold Vida. And Lyage, we could we could sign a player like you know like Abubakar for four million or five million, whatever it is, or whatever that type of price range. Well, so my problem like nothing, with it, so nothing really more than that. That's about like I would say our peak. Yeah, no, and so I think you're guilty of doing that. Like you've spent it all on one nice meal that people didn't think you could <laughs> yeah. get for for ten dollars, uh, and so we're like, oh wow, that's great. But but then you're still left with the problem of. The rest of the team is relatively crap and really young, and you have that one guy who's a little older. So, like, I wonder if there's a guy. And so, I'm not a scout. You know, I can't. I'm. I, I can't say who it would be to be 100% honest. But if there's a younger guy that could sort of really anchor a young unit, like who you know, something. What position? And that's what I'm. Yeah, I mean, I think it would probably have to be a. Central midfielder. I'm trying to think here. I mean, Ozan was my, you know, kind of easy young midfielder to sign. So, what if you had the, the 4 million you had for Abubakar to put on a, a central midfielder who was like younger than That's 25? Tough. That's tough. I haven't even thought about that. Um, I really like a Tebo. I know Stoke. Loaned him out to Hitafe. He's a Nigerian center mid. He's really, really just like technically gifted. He can dribble, dribble for days. A little bit undersized um, for like that type of position. But I think if he has a foil like a Fatih Oxley, it could be, it could be awesome. But uh, I think you know maybe potentially they'll be willing to take a windfall on him for four or five million. I believe they paid upwards of twelve million for him. Well, so there you go. I mean that. So the, I guess that's my answer is that I would. Follow the model of getting something, you know, putting a bit of a splash into one move. But I would try to get someone a little younger who could kind of mesh with this movement. Yeah, I think a Tebo is 24 or 25. Like, and that's perfect. Like that you know? So he becomes like yeah. the leader of a young unit uh, and could kind of grow with the team for the next four or five years, like ideally, right? Or 
becomes so good that we then have to sell him, but we get like a bunch of money, yeah. and like that's that's what it's all about, really. Like, I think we need to. That's definitely the downside of a Google Car type player. This is twenty eight. Exactly. That's value. what I was thinking. Nice. That's why mostly I'm looking for younger. But yeah, I know, and I like your model. I, I'm tweaking it. You know, I'm, I'm just tweaking your model, and 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 yeah, I'm thinking more as far in, like I think any player we get now should be of the sort of stature where they could become something where they're so good we have to sell them to make a bunch of money because it's like we we're we're gonna need money for so many years that that's probably just where we'll be for a while. Yeah. Or they'll just be consistent performers that kind of stay within you know like it doesn't mean they're not that good that we should sell them but they become so like part of the unit essentially that they don't want to go and we kind of like you know keep them around like they're they're that, that these are two ideal scenarios obviously but like that's the kind of player you want to go for like the, who has the potential to fill one of those two roots long term yeah. Um, we need players with resale value exactly. in the end of the yeah. day. Whatever we're investing in, we need to exactly. be able to make money on them. Exactly. Yeah, we need to be able to sell some stuff. So, yeah, that's it. I mean, I think that's my answer to uh, the, the the question of what we could do ideally in some sort of scenario here. Uh, look young. I wouldn't. I would even say like let's put some money into getting a scout. Who can, uh, you know, do some of this work that's necessary of finding young guys? If they, if they pay me, I'll do it. Yeah, everyone, I one. Uh, I mean, honestly, we might need you in the center of the midfield, frankly. Um, so let's take this thing out. And so before I close us out, I will say that there is, of course, one more tweet, uh, which I don't want to just flat out ignore. Uh, the, the, the reality here is I think we've got quite enough content as is. But um, I do want to address this and say that we'll, we'll mention it next week. Let me pull it up here. Here we go. And good old Frank Jimenez at FrankieOrg, uh, F-R-A-N-K-Y-O-R-G. Um, Frank says, uh, right now there are not many things around the team. Why don't you talk about these matches that would be unforgettable? For example, versus Liverpool and the Europa League uh, versus Lyon. I listened to the last episode. You mentioned some names to be goalkeeper next season. Who is the closest one? And so what I'll say first off is that, Frank, first of all, thank you for uh, for checking in. Uh, Ozzy as well. Um, but we'll hold off on the talk of big matches uh, for, I guess, maybe next week. Who knows? I'm sure we'll run out of content soon enough before the, the restart. But... Um, I do, I guess, I'll, I'll, I'll hand it to you, everyone, for the last word here. What keeper would you say, based on the rumors, forget your feelings, if you can, and try to objectively my, look at this? Like, who would you say, uh, of all the rumors and how they've been building up and everything, that you think realistically is the most likely? And I'll tell you my opinion after you. I think, realistically, it would have to be, a, you know, a free agent, so I think Sinan Bolat is a free agent. That Rafael Gikovic, Gikovic, whatever he says, his name is a free agent. I would say the least likely, in my opinion, is uh, Claudio Bravo, who's been mentioned. That just doesn't make sense. Um, the Saluga guy, who's been mentioned, plays for Luton Town, but they recently paid like two million for him, or one and a half million, so I think that's just a little bit unrealistic. <laughs> Sadly, I think that's out of our pressuring, so I would say. Dinam Bolat, Volkan Babajan, um, 
gigabytes type free agents. I think there's that one other guy from Portugal. I can't remember his name. Varela? Yeah. Not Varela. It hasn't been mentioned in the episode. The one that Khan always talks about. Oh, yeah. We'll go there another time maybe when, when Khan's around. Yeah. So I think if I had to guess, you know, Bolat seems like that. I don't know why. I just have a feeling that it, it might happen. Wow. That's my guy. Um, yeah. I was going to say Volkan Babajan. That's like the pessimist in me. It's the one I probably want the least of all these three guys. Um, like, I would be happy to... And I've said many times on the record that I don't really want Fabric to come back. Not because I didn't like what he did for us or anything. Just because he's older and I want us to see... I want to see us taking steps forward. But... Um, like, relative to Volkan Babajan, I think I'd rather see Fabry coming, but realistically, we'd probably have to spend money on Fabry. And so, I, I, I would, I hate to say it, but I, I just have this feeling we're going to see Volkan Babajan as the option there. I, I would, I would, yeah, prefer... I mean, he still has a year left on his contract, so that's why I feel like it's, oh, Volkan does, he would have to be like, um, yeah, he, he would have to, like, from Investor, they would have to, like, let him go, kind of thing, I'd, or we'd have to pay a nominal fee. Wow, I didn't know that. So I take it uh, back. But Fabri would be a free agent, and um, if Fabri well, would be a Fabri's... free agent. No, I thought he still had a year left. No, 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 no he has one year yeah. left. My bad. Um, yeah, but Fulham doesn't really want. So. Yeah, but again, I feel like they. It's <laughs> I I I bet uh, Bashakshi here has devalued Volkan Babajan even more than yeah. Fulham has. Even though Fulham has, has like fully tossed Fabri out the window just because they're an English side. Yeah, they loved him this window to Mallorca. There so. you go, yeah. So, you know, I mean, whatever. But, I mean, we'll see. Uh, again, I think it's the pessimist in me that sees Volkan Babajan as the, uh, the most likely option. But for some reason, I just see it. I just don't want it. Like... You know, like, there have been so many guys, I was like, I just don't want this guy to come. And then they came. <laughs> and so I was like, damn it, all right. Like, now I'm going to start saying that that guy's going to come so that, like, uh, at least I can be pleasantly surprised. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's, I guess that's where we can leave it. Hopefully we'll have some more news uh, or something more concrete next week. Uh, specifically even about, like, a restart, a definitive date uh, or whatever it is, a plan going forward. But... Uh, in the absence of that, we'll definitely talk about Frank's suggested topic of uh, some of our favorite matches in the past and all of that. But uh, take us out, uh, uh, Evron. What do you have to say before we go? <laughs> um, well, I guess I have. It looks like the seasons will be coming back, uh, and if you do, if we do have to watch them. Although it kind of will suck without fans, I guess it would be kind of cool just to have so much soccer in a short period of time, I guess, especially if you're like me, a college student, your semester will be over in June, so you'll have more time. Um, if you're not back at work, just even if there's no fans, it would be nice to watch tons of Turkish League and German League and whatever else is restarting. So there is some minor things to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting, though. Like, for, for multi-sport fan, multi fans like myself, I feel like there's going to be this, like, everything opens at the same time. So, like, they're going to be closing up the next season. Besiktas is all going to be, like, this flurry. So we're going to go from having nothing to watch on TV whatsoever. I have literally turned on my TV and been like, what am I even turning this thing on for, you know? And then just turn it right back <laughs> up. To it being like, oh, my God, like, 
Like, sorry, sorry, dear, I can't talk right now. There's another sports game. You know, I'm, I'm gonna start pissing off my family. Oh, here we go <laughs> to the, to the uh, medical workers. There you go. That's a good segue for. Actually, a fire truck, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, let's let's leave it on that note. Uh, for all of you essential workers out there, medical folks who are uh, on the front lines of all this, working your butts off. Shouts to you. Uh, hopefully, again, we're giving you some entertainment. These crazy times, everyone. Um, all I really have to say is, go Mexico! Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.